0: Greetings and salutations. I hope your day is both tranquil and fulfilling. I am Athanasius, and welcome back to the podcast of the Boldly Immortal. I'd like to dedicate this episode very specifically to the people who get I attend um, Friday night complines with. Uh, we've got a really fantastic group where we get together and we have compline and we study the word. And there was a bit of a disagreement about one of the the terms that came out in this week's reading and and that was in Luke chapter 24 when G- uh, the disciples have just gone on the road to Emmaus they've been listening to Jesus who's just risen from the dead he's he's explaining to them the scriptures and oh what a sermon that would be oh what a what a joyous moment when we actually get to participate in that when we actually get to hear that oh Hallelujah! This is that's 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 going to be a great moment. Um Santa! Lord, save us! This is this is going to be great. When when the Lord returns, we can actually hear that that for ourselves. It's going to be great when we can listen to Isaiah tell it to us. It's going to be great, right? So these guys got it in advance because they actually got to talk to Jesus on their seven mile trek from Jerusalem to Emmaus, and they don't recognize that it's Jesus. And then. He's going to go on when they're pulling into Emmaus. They're closing out for the night. They're done. He says, oh, I'll keep going. They say, no, come on. Stay with us, right? Please. Um, And and he does. He condescends to them and and very merciful of him. They go to dinner and he breaks the bread and he's revealed to them. And they realize it's Jesus and he vanishes. It's awesome. It's really awesome. And then then they, they converse in something we're going to be analyzing in great depth. And then they run back to Jerusalem. They take that seven miles. They must have been busting it back to Jerusalem because they make it back. They tell everybody, Peter's seen him too. Uh, and then Jesus appears to them and says, peace to you. And he breathes on them and he gives them the Holy Spirit. It's, it's all really great. It's, it's glorious. It's fantastic. And there's a piece of it that I want to explore because I think there's a phrase that's been abused in our modern context Um, by American evangelicals, by Wesleyans, by pretty much everybody. The idea of the heart burning, right? Did not our hearts burn within us as he explained the scriptures to us, right? What does that mean? And in order to do this, I'm going to overkill. I have done a search for the terms fire and burn in the Bible. I'm not going to go through all of them because there's about... Uh, 1,200 references, and some of them overlap. A lot of them do. But I want to go through a number of them, and I encourage you to do this on your own. I'm going to go through them and say, what is this saying? Is this a good thing or a bad thing, right? What's the the context of something burning, and how can we use Scripture, right? How does the, the Scripture use the term burn? How can we understand this burning of the heart as Scripture intends it? Now, you are perfectly willing, you're you're perfectly capable of believing that the burning in the bosom was some joy that they had. You're willing to, all right? Enjoy it. If you want to keep that idea, you're, you're, you're free to listen in, but I cannot guarantee you that you're going to have any justification when I'm done with this because I'm going to do my best to make a really good argument. So, welcome to Titus tries to argue for something that he's just noticed and really wants to share with you. I hope to get your feedback. Let me know what you think. So without further ado, I'm going to jump in uh, with our four texts. Let me see if I can find these. Our four texts that actually refer to the burning and the heart. Uh, There's only three actually. One is the aforementioned text from St. Luke when he speaks about what the, uh, what the, the disciples said, right? Did not our hearts burn within us? Let me, let me pull that up directly here. This is terrible radio. Luke chapter 24. Uh, this is the resurrection account according to St. Luke and the road to Emmaus. And this would be particularly verse 32. They said to one another, were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road? While he was explaining the scriptures to us, to us, right? I'm using the new American standard Bible because it's relatively literal. And that's why I'm not, I'm not going to use your living word translation. No, we're using the NASB because I'm trying to do literal translation and then extrapolate out my understanding of the word from what the text, how the text uses it. So something's burning. So we have two, two things, right? Burning and fire. Those are the references. Let's go to some other references of hearts burning. Right, Psalm thirty-nine. Psalm thirty-nine. This is a, a Psalm of David, and this one is not one of the ones you're going to put on uh, any embroidery and stick up on your your grandma's walls. It's it's not quite the ooey gooey kind, but it's a really fantastic. It's a very very substantive Psalm. Just brace yourself. Psalm thirty-nine, beginning with verse one. I said. I will guard my ways, that I may not sin with my tongue. I will guard my mouth as with a muzzle, while the wicked are in my presence. I was mute and silent. I refrained even from good, and my sorrow grew worse. My heart was hot within me while I was musing. The fire burned. Then I spoke with my tongue, Lord, make me to know my end and what is the extent of my days. Let me know how transient I am. Behold, you have made my days as handbreadths and my lifetime is as nothing in your sight. Surely every man at his best is a mere breath. Surely every man walks about as a phantom. Surely they make an uproar for nothing. He amasses riches and does not know who will gather them. And now, Lord, for what do I wait? My hope is in you. Deliver me from all my transgressions. Make me not the reproach of the foolish. I have become mute. I do not open my mouth, because it is you who have done it. Remove your plague from me, because of the opposition of your hand I am perishing. With reproofs you chasten a man for iniquity, you consume as a moth what is precious to him. Surely every man is a mere breath. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear to my cry, do not be silent at my tears, for I am a stranger with you, a sojourner like all my fathers. Turn your gaze away from me, that I may smile again before I depart and am no more." So ends the Psalm. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. That's a that's heavy. That's heavy, if you ask me. I mean that's that's tough stuff. The Psalmist is clearly not happy about his situation. He is not he's not speaking of the the, the Lord in the presence of the wicked. He is refraining from doing what is right and growing sorrowful. And his heart burns. The fire burns in his heart because he is refraining from doing what is right. And then he cries out to the Lord, let me know when I'm going to die. That's harsh. That's very harsh. Um, Let's let's meditate on that while we go to Jeremiah, that most uplifting of prophets. That was a joke. That was much of a joke. We're going to see just how uplifting Jeremiah is, but he references the burning of the heart as well. Jeremiah, chapter 20, beginning with verse 7. O Lord, you have deceived me, and I was deceived. You have overcome me and prevailed. I have become a laughingstock all day long. Everyone mocks me. For each time I speak, I cry aloud. I proclaim violence and destruction, because for me the word of the Lord has resulted in reproach and derision all day long. But if I say, I will not remember him or speak any more in his name, then my heart is It becomes like a burning fire, shut up in all my bones, and I am weary of holding it in, and I cannot endure it. For I have heard the whispering of many, Terror on every side, denounce him, yes, let us denounce him. All my trusted friends, watching for my fault, say, Perhaps he will be deceived, so that we may prevail against him and take our revenge on him. But the Lord is with me like a dread champion, therefore my persecutors will stumble and not prevail. They will be utterly ashamed, because they have failed with an everlasting disgrace that will not be forgotten. Yet, O Lord of hosts, you who test the righteous, who see the mind and the heart, let me see your vengeance on them. For to you I have set forth my cause. Sing to the Lord, praise the Lord, for he has delivered the soul of the needy one from the hand of evildoers. Cursed be the day when I was born. Let the day not be blessed when my mother bore me. Cursed be the man who brought the news to my father, saying, A baby boy has been born to you, and made him very happy. But let that man be like the cities which the Lord overthrew without relenting, and let him hear an outcry in the morning, and a shout of alarm at noon, because he did not kill me before birth, so that my mother would have been given my grave, and her womb ever pregnant." Why did I ever come forth from the womb to look on trouble and sorrow so that my days have been spent in shame? Add the glory there, right? Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Why did I ever come forth from the womb? Oh, Jeremiah, you you gloriously uplifting fellow, right? So what's he saying? Once again, if I, this is the, quoting, quoting the prophet, right? If I say I will not speak his name anymore, then my heart becomes like a fire, right? I, the, the prophet is incapable of no longer confessing God because otherwise his, his heart is consumed with fire, right? What does, that, what does that mean, right? He's still upset about this. He's, he's very not happy about this being the case though. Oh, that I didn't have to go through this. This is not a guy who's happy about his condition in life. Let me tell you that, right? Neither is David, right? Let's go back to that. Let's go back to David. Hear my prayer, O Lord, give ear to my cry, for I am a stranger with you, a sojourner like all my fathers. Turn your gaze away from me that I may smile again, right? That is, that is harsh, right? We, we want the Lord to look upon us in favor, but what is he saying Right? What is he saying? With reproofs you chasten a man for iniquity. You consume as a moth what is precious to him. Surely every man is a mere breath. The Psalmist is being reminded that he is a sinner, that he has iniquities. And when he when he seeing the Lord when he's sensing the Lord's gaze, right, he sees his own iniquity. He knows his guilt. And so he she wishes that he could he could just let it go, but he can't. Right? Why? Because when he refrains from good, his heart burns. Same thing with the with the prophet. Right? When he if he were to be silent, his heart would burn. So, this is our context for Luke. Did not our hearts burn within us? Now, you could say it's a different thing. You could say that, but you're going to have to make your argument from other context, not from scripture. And I'm going to make that continually clear as I now go, All right. So so I almost want to take some time to just meditate on, on the texts we just went through. So I'm going to do that again because, boy, this is some heavy stuff. Um, but then we're going to go to other references of, of fire and burning in the scriptures and see what does that say? What is fire? What does it mean, right? <laughs> you sound crazy. Everybody knows what fire is. Well, do we really, right? The first thing we did when we had the opportunity to to remove fire is we did it, right? Once electricity proved to be safe enough, we used it to replace live fires in our homes because those are dangerous. Like, fire is dangerous. We still, em- our, our emergency personnel, right, are, are, are listed as police, the ones who enforce the laws, right, the ones who have to deal with the fact that man is a fallen creature who... Does who who desires chaos, right? And then we've got healthcare, right? We've got the ambulance, right? The people who, who worry about health because people die, right? Man is evil and man is mortal. And so we have, those are our emergency personnel. And then we have firefighters because fire, right? Now, I'm, I'm being a bit hyperbolic here, but seriously, think about it. We have a whole department aside says fire and I know they do other things. And I have a brother who's a firefighter. He, he's a fantastic, fantastic guy. Kudos to him. And he knows more about the ins and outs of the business than, than I could ever know. And he loves it. I love that he loves it. I'm very, very happy for him. But fundamentally, it's about fire. That's why we still call it the fire department. Fire's dangerous. Fire is incredibly dangerous. Because why? Because fire destroys. If you have a piece of paper, right? I'm going to you to try this out at home, right? Don't tell anybody that I told you to try it out, but try it out. Right? I am not liable if you burn your house down because I'm telling you right now don't burn your house down. But try this at home. Don't burn your house down. Take a take a piece of paper and write a poem, right? Write something, invent something, create it out of your mind and bring it into the real world and document it for all to remember. And then burn that piece of paper. And then where will it be? Right? There will be a record of it in your head, right? You could recreate it because your mind is just that awesome it is that awe inspiring it is that beyond comprehension how amazing your mind is that that something can come into being be destroyed and be maintained right that you could put something into the world and then if it's destroyed bring it back but the thing is fire fire could could destroy that too because fire can destroy you your your life is a fight against fire because fire will consume you if you let it, if you don't fight it, if you don't contain it, if you don't keep it from destroying you, it will. If you do not keep fire from spreading, it will consume everything in its path, right? The way that firefighters often fight fires is that they actually burn a a zone outside of where the fire already is, right? They do a very controlled burn, which means they take their fire, which they can turn off and on whenever they want, right? So they take it and and they burn a, a section of like a forest or a field or a, you know a wildlands. If there's a wildfire, what they do is they they create a burn strip so that when the wildfire reaches that point, it can't consume anything and it dies because that's how you kill a fire: is you is you is you make it consume everything in its path and you don't give it any more to consume. But the reason we use water to fight fires a lot of the time is because fire contradicts it, right? Fire dampens it or water dampens it. So, so it, it kills the fire. Yes. But when you got a fire big enough, you can't actually kill it with fire with water. Sorry. If you've got a, an oil fire, right? Let's say you light oil on fire in your kitchen. You do not put water on it. You have to put flour on it, right? Why? Because you have to cut the oxygen off. You have to cut off the fuel source. Because as long as fire has fuel, it will consume. It will consume. That is what fire does. And I'm going to go to the Bible to tell you that that's how the Bible uses the term. Is this a bit petty of me? I hope not. Um, I hope you all listen, and I hope to get your feedback. So we're going to start with the word fire. Fire. I've searched it in the New American Standard Bible on BibleGateway.com, uh, just so I don't get any copyright issues, and I've gotten 519 results. So we're going to start at the beginning and just kind of hum through it, right? Just kind of look at how does, how does the Bible use fire, right? The first use of the word fire that comes up in this one is, Then the Lord rained on Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. I see we're already on a fantastic start, right? This is just going to be a joyfully uplifting episode. Aren't you excited, right? So we've got the burning of the heart being correlated to people wishing they were dead or at least uh, wanting to know why they're alive and suffering uh, and why they can't just stop speaking what is because, boy, that would be better than this. But no, they can't because the fire consumes them, right? It's an interesting thought. It's a very interesting thought. We'll get back to it. Um, so then, and then our first, first reference of fire, fire, right? Not burning, but fire specifically is Sodom and Gomorrah. The next one, uh, Genesis 22. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. Then he took in his hand the fire and the knife. Right? This is when Abraham is called to sacrifice Isaac. Right? Abraham takes the fire and is willing to, to kill his son, his only son, because the Lord has said that he would be a great nation, that through this son the nations would be blessed. He has faith in the promise of God, so that he would even allow, because he believes, even should, should he be killed, even should he be sacrificed, the Lord promised, the lord promised that through this one i would be blessed and i will trust him that much this is, this fire is being mocked abraham's faith is greater than the fire right the next reference is also there in in uh, genesis 22 so we'll skip that one right and the next one right after this after this the next uh, reference of the word fire the angel of the lord appeared to moses in a blazing fire from the midst of a bush and he looked and behold the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. Right, And so what's he do? He goes there. He goes to look at it. Why? Because this doesn't happen. There is no fire that does not consume, except this one, this bush that, that burns, but doesn't burn. It's, it's preposterous. It is supernatural, because the angel of the Lord is there. And so... When we see fire that's not consuming, well, that's rather strange. In fact, it's a sign that God's at work here. Um, God's doing something uh, to prevent the consumption of, of the bush. But it's, it's definitely, again, the, the idea is that this is the thing that should be consuming, but it's not because the Lord has decided that it wouldn't. So he could show himself to, uh, to Moses in this case. So he could speak to Moses out of the bush, um, and then next uh, next reference of the word fire is in Exodus nine. Moses stretched out his staff toward the sky, and the Lord sent down thunder and hail, and fire ran down to the earth, and the Lord rained hail on the land of Egypt. Right. So now the fire does consume. Right. The fire is coming with hail. This is not good fire. This is also coming from the Lord, but it's not a good fire because this one is consuming. Right, this one's destructive um, is possibly lightning in this case right? why because well I mean there is a word for lightning so maybe it's just fire. maybe it is just fire. It's terrifying And then uh, and then the next reference is in Exodus 12 with the Passover right Are we seeing a pattern here right Fire showing up at really convenient times. I mean, Sodom and Gomorrah, that seems to, to you know, that was, that was actually that mattered because that was a condemnation, right? It's a, it's a sign that is used quite frequently to speak of, of immorality and the punishment that we right, rightfully deserve. But it is immediately followed up with Abraham's faith, right? And then we have after that Moses, right? The, the consuming fire that does not consume and then the fire that does consume. Being sent on Egypt, and then the um, they shall eat the flesh that same night, roasted with fire, and they shall eat it with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. The Passover meal, right? Cook the food on the fire, and any of it, and you shall not leave any of it over until morning. But whatever is left of it until morning, you shall burn with fire. You don't need leftovers. You're not saving it. You're going. You're leaving this place. Um, and how did they leave it? A pillar of fire by night. A pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. This is what uh, guides them, gives them light. Right. So this is the this is the nature of fire. Right. The nature of fire is cooking, light, consumption. Right. The destruction of of something produces heat and light, and we need heat and light. Heat and light are an absolute necessity, but the the cost is. Something you have to pay something to get that. Fire is fire is therefore dangerous, but is also necessary, right? And so it is. It's a magnificent thing that the Lord provides this for them, for His people. He provides them light in in the dark. He provides for them in their in their troubles. Um, and so then we get the the pillar of fire referenced quite a bit until the Lord descends on Mount Sinai in fire, right? So this is now a fire. That, that comes with with the Lord it's absolutely terrifying um, and and then we get some some references to uh, let's see was he one reference to if somebody breaks if somebody burns grain um, you better pay for the grain in Exodus chapter 22 but uh, then we get we get finally into a really Heavily referenced one, and this is in burnt as well, like burning and fire come in incredibly frequently for offerings. Why? Because the offering must be consumed, right? By offering up in smoke, a, f- a fire sacrifice to the Lord, right? Um, the burnt offerings are very important. Now, I'm not enough of a biblical scholar to tell you all about the burnt offerings, right? And what they do and what they don't do and, you know, why they're necessary and, you know, and why they're necessary. Because without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of sins. But then the offering is still burnt, right? It is still consumed. The, the animal is still consumed by fire. Um, and And making a soothing aroma to the Lord. Right? This is another thing that fire somewhat comes up with is incense, right? It's something that you consume, but you don't consume it for heat or light, but for smell—a pleasant aroma. Right? I've been—I'm not going to talk about it. I was going to say I've been eating meat, but just generally, right? Whatever you're cooking, when you cook it, it smells good. I'll—I'll I'll throw out an olive branch. If you cook a pie, it smells fantastic when it's nice and warm. Now, cold pie has its own benefits, right? Cold pie and ice cream, it's a good combo. But warm, warm apple pie, oh, there's something to that. Or my personal preference, hate me if you want, is cherry pie. I grew up with it. Um, Grew up in a little town where we loved our cherry pie. So very proud of it. And I loved it. And warm cherry pie on a warm summer day, nothing beats that that's fantastic smells great warm things do heat heat can produce a good smell um, so there is that to it but it costs something right you have to fuel the fire the burnt offering must be consumed incense must be burned um, and in so doing it is consumed you create smoke right remnants carbon remnants so let's keep going because I do not want to lose my momentum We get into Leviticus. There's a lot of this. There's a lot, a lot of fires there. Um, A lot of burning and a lot of fires. So Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, right? So now we get to Joshua. Joshua. So the children of Israel have gotten out of the desert, and now they're going into the promised land. And what is the biggest thing you think about with fire here? What's getting burned, right? It's no longer the offerings. Now we're into, hey, burn the cities, burn the chariots, burn the the evil that is in this nation, cleanse it because otherwise it will infect you. And this is what happens, right? This is not me being, you know, speculating. This is is what happens in Judges, right? You see that because they didn't get rid of these people, they fall away and they worship false gods, right? This is the God who delivered them from Egypt with a pillar of fire, and cloud, who descended on a mountain with a pillar of fire, and he says, "Hey, hey, get rid of the other gods because 'cause they're not real." And they're like, "Yeah, well, but they're fun. But the Asherah poles and the priestesses are hot. No, I don't care. This is this is false worship. This is denying the creator of the universe. Right? This is this is spitting in his face. After he has been merciful to you. No, burn it with fire. Consume the cities. Burn it all, because it's it's more than they deserve, right? Burn it now, so you do not yourselves perish in eternal fire. Um, and then we get to Judges, right? And in Judges, Judges we're going to get to with burning, uh, because there's a fascinating thing there about what burns in Judges. Um, but we get fire. We get some, some burning of cities, kings. We get more fire, Um we actually get a fantastic thing with um, the prophet Elijah, right? where he is challenged to have fire come down from heaven. Right? He challenges the prophets of Baal. Hey, if you can bring call down fire from heaven, your God will do it. And if my God can do it, my God is the real God. If your God can do it, yours is the real God. And so the prophets of Baal try and they fail. And Elijah sits and he prays. And the Lord sends down a fire that consumes the rocks. Right? He cons- it consumes the animal on the top the wood of the offering, which was sopping wet, and it consumes the water in the trench, and it consumes the, the stones that the offering has been placed upon. That is the fire of the Lord. And so, of course, the children of Israel, when they see this, they say, oh, the Lord is God. We, we forgot. Right, you forgot. Yeah, now you get it. Because the Lord has showed you, the Lord has shown you that, he, that his fire does consume. It does consume everything. It consumes the wicked. Um, and uh, you know the idea is there, you are only alive because he's merciful, right? So cast yourselves on his mercy. Trust in the Lord because he is merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He is slow to anger. But when his wrath is kindled and when his anger burns, we'll get there. We'll get there. So we have more stuff here. More people burning. Uh, we have some bad fires, but uh, generally sacrificial fires in the Old Testament, quite a bit, um, until Jerusalem herself is burned. Right. This is the culmination of you know, right. You go from the judges who are wicked to then you get kings who are wicked. You get David, who's uh, man. At least he's got you know that. At least he has faith, and then. And then it all falls apart. And you get evil kings. You get a couple of, excuse me, a couple of good ones here and there. But ultimately, they are faithless. And the Lord even lets his city, Jerusalem, right? His temple, his dwelling place on earth be consumed with fire, right? That is his fire. You don't think he would have let it burn unless he wanted it to. It could not have burnt unless he designed it to. So, such is the nature of fire, and uh, and then they rebuild it. They go back in Nehemiah. So now let's go to some of the other the other pieces here. Right, Job. Um, Job's s- servants are consumed by fire. Sheep and servants are consumed by fire. Um, Indeed, the light of the wicked goes out, and the flame of his fire gives no light. All right, now there's an interesting idea. Right? The flame of the wicked is, it has no light to it; that it is, it is purely consum- consuming. Um, it doesn't. It does not shine. It's an interesting idea from Job. So, let us keep going. What is fire? What's the common message here? It's not good. Right upon the wicked, the Lord will rain snares, fire, and brimstone, and burning wind will be the portion of their cup. Once again, fantastic. Smoke went up out of his nostrils and fire from the mouth devoured. Coals were kindled by it, right? These are the Psalms. Psalm 11 was the first one. Psalm 18 is this one. Um, Psalm 18 again. The Lord also thundered in the heavens and the Most High uttered his voice, hailstones and coals of fire, right? Think about Isaiah, right? We're going to jump ahead. To, I'm going to jump ahead to Isaiah, right? His tongue is purified with a coal from the altar of the Lord. Behold, this has touched your lips, your iniquity is taken away, right? This is similar to to Moses, right? The burning bush is not consumed, because the, the angel of the Lord is there to speak to Moses. And here with Isaiah, the coal from the lips, the coal from the, the altar of the Lord touches his lips, and it is not himself who is burned, but it is his sin that is purged away. That is beautiful. That is what the the fire of the altar of the Lord consumes. The altar of the Lord does not consume his people. It consumes their sins. Oh, what a glorious thing. What a glorious fire of the Lord uh, to do that. Um, But why and how, right? What is his fire? Why? What is offered on that altar, to to kindle that fire. Well we'll get there. We'll get there. Proverbs six, verse twenty seven. Can a man take fire in his bosom, and his clothes not be burned? I'm gonna look at this see what the surrounding context is real quick. Let's see For on account of a harlot one is reduced to a loaf of bread and an adulterous hunts for the precious life. Can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes not be burned? Or can a man walk on hot coals and his feet not be scorched? So is the one who goes in to his neighbor's wife. Whoever touches her will not go unpunished. Well, I would say that that burning in the bosom that he's talking about is not a good burning. Indeed, it seems to be a uh, rather inappropriate burning done by somebody who has some rather inappropriate urges. And there seems to be a consequence of that, uh, that inward burning I hope you catch my drift, and if you don't, you're not old enough. Just wait. Uh, either way, that's not good fire. It hurts, and it hurts because it's supposed to hurt, because you're not supposed to be touching that kind of stuff. Um So let's go to let's go to the Song of Solomon. Surely there must be a good burning there, right? No, good fire? Fire, right? My heart's on fire for you. Let's go, Song of Solomon. Chapter 8, verse 6. And we'll try and skirt some of the other stuff so we don't get too, uh, too gnarly here. Um, I do not want to swear, O daughters of Jerusalem. Do not arouse or awaken my love until she pleases. Who is coming up from the wilderness, leaning on her beloved? Beneath the apple tree I awakened you. There your mother was in labor with you. There she was in labor and gave you birth. Put me like a seal over your heart, like a seal over your arm. For love is as strong as death. Jealousy is as severe as Sheol. Its flashes are flashes of fire, the very flame of the Lord. Many waters cannot quench love, nor will rivers overflow it. If a man were to give all the riches of his house for love, it would be utterly despised. Ooh, now that, that is an interesting idea, right? So, jealousy is like fire, like the very flame of the Lord, right? It it burns hot. Many waters cannot quench love. Right? So when you when you when you love you, you are you are a flame indeed. Uh, but jealousy as well. Right? Love is as strong as death. Jealousy is as fierce. As is there another word for this? Ardor is as inflexible as the the pit. Now that that's that's a good thing, and that sounds very beautiful. But there's an interesting. Uh, warning there if a man were to give all the riches of his house for love it would be utterly despised right that you can't buy it you can't earn it that's a that's a good message honestly and this one does seem like it's finally something we're we're used to right my heart's on fire it's burning up i got a burning passion right okay sure there's one but i would argue this is as much a warning as it is a uh, Commendation of love, love that is too too passionate. If it does not have a source from which it will will actually continue, right? If it's based on riches, if it's based on wealth, it's not going to endure. Love, love that can consume what it is based on will consume what it is based on, because it's, it is like fire. So base love on that which cannot be consumed, that which does not disappear. Don't base your love on looks, attractiveness, right? Don't base it on the way the person looks to you or, or even the way that they they seem to you. Base it on that which doesn't change. Base it on who they are. Base it on what's right. Base it on good morality. That's what you should found your love on that's what the warning is with fire because it will consume everything and so if it will consume that which cannot be if it can consume it it will consume it and only that which is hard to consume will it struggle to consume right will it take a long time to consume and that which cannot be consumed it will never it will never burn through right that that fire will burn for forever so that is the beauty of the lord's love right is that it burns forever in that, in that love. So, that is good, right? But the reference here is, is very, very specifically emotional, and I will give you that. Right? This is one counterexample. I will now return to the rest of the fire. So, let's get into it. Isaiah, your cities are burned with fire. Isaiah, for wickedness burns like a fire. It consumes briars and thorns. For Isaiah 9, by the fury of the Lord of hosts, the land is burned up, and the people are like fuel for the fire. More fire, more consuming, more not good stuff. Isaiah 33, sinners in Zion are terrified. Trembling has seized the godless. Who among us can live with the consuming fire? Again, fire consumes once more, right? right the idea behind the burning love. Is, is brief and momentary in the Song of Solomon that is not exactly the sedes doctrina right It's not exactly where we base all of our doctrine off of and I would advise us to read that poetry very carefully, especially because we've got the rest of the the rest of the terms so far are not particularly particularly friendly towards um, the burning in the bosom being a good burning right? So, now, oh, there we are, in Jeremiah now. Let's move, let's buzz through Jeremiah, because we already hunted at Jeremiah. Oh, no, Lamentations. I'm sure this one will be positive. From on high he has sent fire into my bones, and it prevailed over them. He has spread a net for my feet, he has turned me back, he has made me desolate, faint, all day long. And he has burned in Jacob like a flaming fire, consuming roundabout. Right? Now I'm going to repeat. I'm going to repeat this. Lamentations two verse three. In fierce anger, he has cut off all of the strength of Israel. He has drawn back his right hand from before the enemy, and he has burned in Jacob like a flaming fire, consuming round about. Right. This is condemnation to those people, to Israel and Jacob. They weren't supposed to do what they did, and now they're getting burned. This is not a happy thing. This is not happy thing at all ezekiel has the same same thing it's it's not it's not good i would again i'd advise you to look this up uh i'm doing this live so it's a bit uh a bit hard i don't want to edit it because i'm a bit lazy and i hope the kind of the rambling works out for you so now we're going to go to daniel right daniel the famous the famous fire right if it be so our god whom we serve is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They are cast into the flaming fires of the furnace. Beautiful alliteration there. And then King Nebuchadnezzar looks into the fire and he declares, didn't we cast three men in there? But there are four. And and there is one there whose appearance is like a son of the gods. And they come out and there's not even the smell of fire about them. They are completely untouched. And Nebuchadnezzar says, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Why? Because he delivered them from me. Even from my fire. It was not powerful enough to destroy Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because they were preserved by their God, by the God who lives. Now, he hasn't gotten there yet, but, but he will. Um, Nebuchadnezzar will we'll get there in time. Um, and so now we're going to go to Daniel, right? The Ancient of Days, right? We're going to look upon him, right? This is the, the vision of Daniel now still. And I kept looking until the thrones were set up and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His vesture was like white snow and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was ablaze with flames. Its wheels were a burning fire. A river of fire was flowing and coming out before him. Thousands upon thousands were attending him, and myriads upon myriads were standing before him. The courts sat and the books were opened. Uh, that's not, not a place I would want to be, and it's a place I will be in time. Um, but for now, what is the reference? Right? Is the fire good? The fire is really not particularly good. Um, and I kept looking until the beast was slain and its body was destroyed and given to the burning fire. As for the rest of the beast, their dominion was taken away, but an extension of life was granted to them for an appointed period of time, right? What's just happened? The ancient of days, right? Christ has taken his seat on the throne of the universe and there is a river of fire flowing out from underneath him and the beast is slain, is destroyed. Satan is crushed. But they, uh, the the demons, they they are they are not yet fully consumed. There is a brief moment of time given, a pause given to us um, before the Lord returns to to end the end all evil. That's that's what's going on here. It's relatively straightforward, right? The ancient of days takes a seat, and the the beast is slain and burned with fire, right? Who's burned with fire? The beast is burning. You don't want to be the burning beast. You want to be the one to whom the ancient of days looks favorably, right? The thousands on thousands, myriads upon myriads standing before him. It's beautiful. It's truly beautiful. If you're on the right side of the fire, it's beautiful. Um, let's jump into the New Testament, though, because I've been doing this a little bit uh, Old testament Now, with all of this context about what fire is, right, what does fire do? Provides heat and light, but at a cost, fire consumes And we need to understand that that is what we deserve. That is what we've got coming to us. The offerings are consumed. They are burnt entirely to a crisp. Many of them. Not all of them, but many of them. Um, And they are there to present a a pleasing aroma, right? The burning of the offerings is a pleasing aroma to the Lord. All right. The axe is already laid at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Matthew 3, verse 10. We're off to a good start, aren't we? And the next verse, right? This is John the Baptist speaking. St. John the Baptist. As for me, I baptize you with water for repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, and I am not worthy to even remove his sandals. That was a little bit of ad-libbing there. And I am not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. At this moment right here, are we? Are, should we look at fire as, oh, this is going to be a good burning in the bosom. I like this. I want this. No. No. Fire, in almost all of our contexts before, has been not good. And the one time it has been good is when something else was compared to fire in how much it consumes, right? It was love that was compared to fire. Now we're, we're cutting out the love part and we're just dealing with the fire. This is not ideal his winnowing fork is in his hand and he will thoroughly clear his threshing floor and he will gather his wheat into the barn but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire yeah yeah this is fire this is not good this is very sad this is this is not the kind of thing you want to get involved with um and now we continue i mean matthew just keeps going so the tares are gathered up and burned with fire so shall it be at the end of the age right this is the parable of the wheat and the tares, right? The tares are burned. This is the fire. This is the eternal fire. This is not good. Um, when we get the parable of the sun, right? And the the, the, the vineyard, um, the king was enraged and he sent his army to destroy those murderers and set their city on fire. This is when they kill his son. And what does the king do when they kill his son? He destroys them with fire. It's what the king does. Um, Matthew 25, verse 41. Then he will say to those on his left, right? This is the sheep and the goats. He will say to the, those on his left, depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire, which has been prepared prepared for the devil and his angels. We're not supposed to go there. It's prepared for the devil. It's prepared for for, for Satan, for the one who, who rebelled against God. That's what we deserve. Oh, that's not good, right? And there are those who will suffer that. This is very sad. This is not a good this is not a good thing, right? Again, one counterexample in an analogy in poetry. I'm gonna keep going. Uh let's see, Book of Mark is very similar. Their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Which is repeated until it's three times. For everyone will be salted with fire. Now that is oh that's a good phrase. Salted with fire. Jesus has a way with words, doesn't he? All right. Luke repeats the, uh, the phrases from St. John the Baptist, um, with the trees being cut into the fire and the baptism with fire and more unquenchable fire. But then he references James and John when they saw that they were uh, rejected by the Samaritans. He says, Lord, they say, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and and bless them? And bless them. Oh, No. Fire to come down from heaven and consume them, because that's what fire does. I feel like I'm a bit repetitive, but we're going through the Bible. It's fun. Um, and then Luke 2, chapter 49. Right, I'm going to go into this one in depth. We're going to actually explore this chapter, because this one is— I get the feeling this one's misused, right? Christ is speaking. Um, the faithful servant, the parable of the faithful servant, right? If the slave says my master will be a long time coming and he begins to beat those beneath him and gets drunk, then the master will show up and uh, he will the slave will get what he deserved. The slave who, who knew his master's will and did not prepare will receive many lashes. But the one who did not do it um, and yet committed floggings will receive but a few. But they're still getting flogged. For everyone who has been given much, much will be required. And to whom they entrusted much, of him they will ask all the more. I have come to cast fire upon the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. But I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how distressed I am until it is accomplished. Do you suppose that I came to grant peace on the earth? I tell you no, but rather division." for from now on five members in one household will be divided three against two and two against three they will be divided father against son and son against father mother against daughter and daughter against mother mother mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law yeah again i have come to cast fire on the earth and how i wish it were already kindled i have a baptism to undergo right i have a baptism to undergo the fire i've come to bring division not peace but division this is this is fire. This is the context for our fire. We'll just we'll just table that again, right? Um, Luke uh, records a reference to Sodom and Gomorrah here, the first reference of the word fire. We haven't even gotten to the word burn yet, right? And I'm going to keep going. This is going to be a long podcast. I hope you stick out for it because it's fantastic. I'm having fun. I'm having lots and lots of fun. I hope this is. I hope you're enjoying it. Let me know. Let me know. Um, and we got the book of John. The book of John is relatively limited with its fire. Um, We have John 15, verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up, and they gather them and cast them into fire, and they are burned. We're pretty used to this analogy, right? Sticks, trees, things that are not useful get burned. Why? Because heat and light are useful for the things. For like what? Well, for like what? What kind of phrase is that? John 18:18. 18, 18. Now the slaves and officers were standing there, having made, a charcoal foil, having made a charcoal fire, for it was cold, and they were warming themselves. And Peter was also there with them, standing and warming himself. Right. So this is in the uh, the early morning of the day when Jesus is tried by the Sanhedrin, and they've made a fire to stay warm and when do we see charcoal fire next right and this is this is the beauty of st john ah oh, i just just remembered right so that's the charcoal f- fire with peter and john 21 verse 9 after the resurrection they uh, go back to galilee and they get some fish and peter jumps out of the boat when he sees the lord cuz they they didn't catch anything all night they throw it on the other side they catch a full load they can't even pull it in and and the disciple whom Jesus loved looks at him and says it's the lord and he dives in and he swims to the shore he's so he's so overjoyed um and they drag the boat behind him and this is where we get the next charcoal fire so when they got out on the land they saw a charcoal fire already laid and fish placed on it and bread right so the first time or the, the, the first time we see a charcoal fire in john it's just before Peter's denial, and the next time, it's right at this point in the Sea of Galilee, where Peter is is restored by Jesus. It's beautiful, beautiful um, usage of this, right? And the fire there for heat, um, in the first one, for because they're cold, and in the second one, he's, he's wet. He's sopping wet, and there's already fish on it, food, food there for them to eat. Um, it's very good, because right, fire has good uses, right? And I'm not saying it's all bad, right? But it costs something. Charcoal, right? Um, Acts 2, right here we get, and they appeared to them tongues as of fire. Now I skipped, I skipped. I will admit the, the reference in the book of the Kings, I think it is, uh, where Elijah goes to the mountain and the Lord passes by in fire and he's not in the fire. This is the same thing though, right here in Acts chapter 2. Um, you get the wind, you get the, the sound of a rushing mighty wind and you get tongues as of fire and they rested on them. But the Holy Spirit is in the words that they speak, right? The fire's there, but the Holy Spirit isn't in the fire. It's in the words that the disciples speak on the day of Pentecost. Um, so there's just a little tidbit there. I'm going to tie those things together. This is, this is good, though, right? So we do see fire. We do see fire, and it's in a positive context. Um, tongues as of fire, though, it doesn't say fire, for one. Uh, you could say nuance. Okay, sure. Tongues as of fire distributed themselves and rested on each of them, but they didn't burn. And that's I think the biggest thing here, right? They're not consumed. This is referencing. This is, in my mind, calling back to the uh, Moses, right? The Moses, the the burning bush, right? It it burned and was not consumed. So there's our there's our reference right there. We can yeah. Gee, I must be getting tired. Continue with fire, right? I haven't even gotten to burning, and burning is going to be good. I might have to make another episode, um, so we'll see where we get at the end of this this hour. So, Paul uses then a fire to burn a viper that bites him and does not kill him, uh, which is an interesting thought, right? The beast is burned in fire, right? We just saw that with Daniel a few minutes ago. So now we're going to get into the the epistles um, for the day will show itself because it is to be revealed with fire and the fire itself will testify the qua- test the quality of each man's work um, and then later in current first corinthians chapter 3 15 so that was verse 13 this is verse 15 of corinthians chapter 3 if any man's work is burned up he will suffer loss but he himself will be saved yet so as through fire so this is the testing of work right do not set your works up with straw but set them in that which will endure. Do not put your treasures in things that are consumed, because what you do will be tested. This is the context of First uh, Corinthians chapter three. The the works that you have done will be tested with fire, and there are those that will endure the fire because they are they are done well, not by our own power. Frankly, uh, they are the good works that that the Holy Spirit works in us through faith, um, and so that's what we should look to do. That's what we should seek to do, desire to do, is those works that are not going to be consumed by fire. Uh, right. First Thessalonians verse uh, 7 of chapter 1 and Hebrews chapter 1 verse 7 also reference the same thing, right? The ministers are a flame of fire, the mighty angels in flaming fire, who are um, servants of God, right? The angels, the angels are like flaming fire, Um, and Hebrews then elaborates on our fire later, right? With, uh, but a terrifying expectation of judgment and the fury of a fire which will consume the adversaries, which is rough again, right? We get, we get nasty fire again, which seems to be the trend, right? We've continued to get that over and over and over, um, and now we're going to go to a really good one. Hebrews chapter 12. This is a fantastic reference in um, in verse 18. Contrast of, of Mount Sinai and Mount Zion. For you have not come to a mountain that can be touched, and to a blazing fire, and to darkness and gloom and whirlwind, and to the blast of a trumpet, and to the sound of words, which, which sound was such that those who heard it begged that no further word be spoken to them for they could not hear bear the command if even a beast touches the mountain it will be stoned and so terrible was the sight that Moses said i am full of fear and trembling right this was the fire this was not you have not come to a mountain to you have not come to a blazing fire but you have come to mount zion and the city of the living god the heavenly jerusalem and to myriads of angels to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven and to god the judge of all and to the spirits of the righteousness made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood which speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. That is beautiful. Just beautiful, right? So, you're not coming to the blazing fire. You have come to Jerusalem, the city of God. Uh, you've come to Jesus, whose, whose blood puts a new covenant, unlike the blood of the beasts, right? This is a better blood than the blood of Abel crying out for vengeance. This is this is the blood of Christ that calls out for peace for you. It's beautiful. All right. Let's see. The book of James. Oh, now this is interesting. The tongue. Oh, is this one for burning? I hope this one has fire in it. Let me let me see. Yes, it does have fire. Good. All right. So this comes into burning. Here we are. James chapter 3. Let not many of you become teachers, my brethren, knowing that as such we will incur a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many ways, right? This is this is talking to me, right? In particular, not in particular, but this is, is talking to me, right? Those who teach are, are going to have a stricter judgment, right? The fact that I'm telling you this stuff makes me liable because I'm telling you, because I'm I'm claiming to know something and I'm trying to pass it on to you. There's danger involved with that here. For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble at what he says, he is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body as well. Now, if we put the bits into the horse's mouth so that they will obey us, we direct the entire body as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so great and are driven by strong winds, are still directed by a very small rudder, wherever the inclination of the pilot desires. So what's he saying? Well, if you're you're perfect, you can handle everything. Uh, Just like a ship can turn a a man wherever it goes. But now verse five, so also the tongue is a small part of the body, yet it boasts of great things, right? He's he's comparing the tongue to the rudder, right? That it drives a man. See how great a forest is set aflame by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a very world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course of our life and is set on fire by hell. Well, that's a positive, positive. Not, I should t- stop the joking, right? This is what fire is. See what, how great a forest is set aflame by such a small fire, right? The, the tongue is a fire from hell that drives men. So be careful, right? What's he saying? What's James saying here? He's saying, be careful, Guard your tongue. Guard what you say. Know what you're talking about. Know what you're saying, and pay attention, because it's important. Because your tongue will drive the way you live. Right? If anyone is perfect, he'll handle his whole body, but your tongue can drive your whole body the wrong direction, and that's what you got to pay attention to. No man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil and full of deadly poison. It's a very. This is an important warning. It's a very important warning. He is, he's jud—he's judging. Yeah, James is judging those who, who would be teachers. And he's saying, pay attention because your tongue, your tongue is wild and willing to speak evil. And so I urge you to keep me, uh, hold, hold me to account and judge whether or not what I've spoken is correct. Look it up. Look up the, the references to fire. I'm going to jump back to fire here. Um, look up the references we've been using for fire. And I want you to ask yourself, what's going on? What is going on? Is this the burning in the bosom? Wherever it shows up, the burning is burning good. Is burning good. Now, it is good. It is good here, right? First Peter 1, chap- uh, verse 7. So the proof of your faith, the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ right context peter's talking about trials right the people are having to go through trials m- for a moment right they're going through a tough time and he's saying your faith will be shown to be true because you are persisting through trials because even though you are undergoing tr- hardships right now those are like the purifying fire that needs needed for gold to purge away the dross right to remind you that some things don't matter yeah like uh, our Psalmist just spoken, way way back at the beginning of this episode, right? That that um, his things are consumed. Right, a man gathers up things for himself and knows not who will who will uh, take them after him. And let us continue with uh, let's see Second Peter chapter three. But his word, but but by his word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire, keep kept for the day of judgment and the destruction of ungodly men. So much as remember in Daniel, the beast was consumed by fire, but the other beasts are preserved for a little while. Well, the uh, they are reserved for fire nonetheless. The heavens and the earth, and the other beasts, right? They are just given a time right now, kept for the day of judgment and the destruction of ungodly men. Those are our beasts in Daniel. Um, so let's close this out. We're almost at the end of the Bible here with fire, and then I guess I should make another episode uh, to follow this one up, just so that. It it makes more sense. Um, Jude uh, references Sodom and Gomorrah here, and then Revelation. And if you think Revelation, right? If you think Revelation was going to cut you some slack on fire, I don't. Th- I think you need to reread the Book of Revelation. Now, we do have some fires on an altar, and we've got some some fire on some lamps, but we also have the. Uh, Revelation chapter two, verse eighteen. And to the angel of the church in Thyatira write, the son of God, who has angels who has Ah the Son of God who has eyes like a flame of fire, and his feet are like burnished bronze, says this. What does he say? Let's look it up. I know your deeds, and your love and faith, and service and perseverance, and that your deeds of late are greater than at first. But I have this against you that you tolerate the woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess. Right? Um, and he continues with this, right? So, the Lord who sees, who sees all, who has eyes are like flaming fire, says this: "I know what you're doing. I'm, i You're doing good stuff, but I still see this and fix it." Um. And now, after that, it gets a little bit less positive. Um. Revelation 8, 8, right? The second angel sounded in something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea, and a third of the sea became blood. Well, fire's not doing good stuff. Uh, Revelation 9, verse 18. A third of mankind was killed by three plagues, by the fire and the smoke and the brimstone, which proceeded out of their mouths. Um, this being the riders, the horses. Um, the riders had breastplates of the color of fire as well. So... Um, these are not my horsemen. They're destroying people. A third of mankind. Um, this is not ideal. Now, what do we see? I guess I'm going to summarize the Book of Revelation. You see fire in two ways, right? You see the eyes of fire, the um, the the onich, right? The, the possession of fire by the Lord, the usage of fire on the uh, the earth right the destruction of of sin the destruction of the earth the final judgment arriving on man Um, and not just the final judgment but also like throughout history the the fire that that we've deserved but then ultimately the the lake of fire right the eternal judgment reserved for satan and his uh and his demons and the fallen angels, right? The lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into into the lake of fire. Right? This is what fire is. Fire. Just fire. Now, you might say, what about burning? Right? And there was still that one reference in the Song of Solomon. Well, I'll cover those uh, once more in the next episode. I'm going to have to break this one up into two. So, Let me know what you think so far, and uh, I will see you in the next one.